0: everybody, I'm Gary Ebersole.
1: Richard Kipling here.
0: And I'm Randy Schultz. Welcome to Camp Codger, a podcast for people in their golden years. Join us to hear rocking chair wisdom from three old guys. Today's episode is called Classic TV Shows of the 50s and 60s. Pour yourself a hot cup of coffee or your beverage of choice and listen as we stroll down memory lane, recalling some of our favorite programs from TV's golden era. Before we get started, I think Richard's got a codger moment to share with us. Richard?
1: I was out last week running a bunch of errands, had my hat on, had a heavy jacket, it was cold. Finished the errands and I was hungry, so I drop into this cafe, go up to the counter, nice young woman says, what would you like? I ordered and then I noticed that there were bags of, uh, of a coffee that I hadn't heard of uh, on the counter and I asked her about it. She said, oh yeah, it's a LA roasted coffee and I said, L.A. Roasted. I said, I should know that, but I don't. My son is in the coffee business, owns two coffee houses downtown. She said, really? I've been downtown a lot of times. What's the name of those coffee houses? I said, "Uh, well, it's uh, a, well, I mean, they're both downtown and one of them is on Figueroa near the entrance to the freeway. And she said, the one on Figueroa, I've been to that coffee house. She said, and what's its name again? And I said, God, I, she said, is it, could it be Aquarella? I said, that's it. It's Aquarella. I said, how do you know? She said, it's on your hat. I was wearing one of the coffee shop's hats and couldn't remember the name of the coffee shop. Thank you, your Moment. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's a classic. That's, that's an instant classic right that there. That is a classic
0: there. We'll never forget that one. Thanks, Richard. Randy? Let's move on from Richard's rather (laughs) pathetic country (laughs) moment
2: to something on a happier note. Television memories from our childhood. Okay, campers. Today, we're going to take a stroll down memory lane to the days of the classic TV shows from the 50s and 60s. Back in the olden days, when we were kids, there were only three TV networks and Mm. three flavors Mm. of ice cream. You remember this, I guarantee it. The TV networks were CBS, NBC, and ABC. And the ice cream flavors were chocolate, (laughs) strawberry, and vanilla. That's all you could get. (laughs) Oh, and all the TV shows were broadcast in black and white. In 1950, there were about one million homes in America that had TV sets. By 1969, just two decades later, 44 million homes had at least one TV set. The enormous popularity of televisions and TV shows gave the three TV networks the ability to create the first national mass media experience. For the first time, almost all Americans could see and hear the same program virtually at the same time. Hmm. Back then, network TV shows included variety shows starring former radio show stars, Serious dramas, situation comedies, news, quiz shows, and sporting events. Television quickly became a huge influence on American culture. And those of us who grew up during the 50s and 60s were profoundly influenced by television shows and by the TV ads that made watching TV programs free to the viewers. So we're going to take a little stroll down memory lane, Gary, what was the first memory you have of watching an old black and white TV show? You know, when you gave me that
0: question yesterday, I was thinking, okay, I really remember black and white TV, but I don't remember when. It was probably around 1954, 1955. Mm -hmm. I was, was six or seven at that time. And I think that's when we got our first TV and I'm just kind of guessing because memories get distorted over time. We see something on the internet today, a picture of Ed Sullivan, a picture of Milton Burrell, and you say, Oh, I remember that and pretty soon that becomes your memory. Mm-hmm. But I really do think that one of my first memories is the Ed Sullivan show on Sunday night in black and white mm. T V.
2: Yeah. That's a classic. That's a classic. Do you remember what a big deal it was? I mean, the family would gather around the one TV in the house, mm, right? And it was a, a communal yeah, family yeah. experience. Yes, yes. And
0: you had no critical judgments. As a child, you didn't care. You were just fascinated
1: <laughs> by that moving picture in your living room. I was going to say it was a, it's a sense of wonder at it at first. Look at yeah. this thing.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. And Richard, which show do you remember from way back? One thing that's interesting, as you
1: said, one TV in the house, in the living room. Well, that TV was controlled by my parents, not really by me, especially in the evenings. Shows that we watched, it wasn't that I watched or my brother and I watched, it was we, and they were what Gary was talking about. It was Milton Berle, or it was the Jack Benny show, or even the Jimmy Durante show. Absolutely on Sunday nights, Gary, it was the Ed Sullivan show, like a religion. Every Sunday night, Ed Sullivan show. I do remember my dad coming home from work, sitting in his favorite chair with a scotch and watching the six o'clock news with us. And then I remember the Friday night fights. Do you guys have any memory of that? <laughs> I, I don't. I, I do. I don't at all. Until you had
0: mentioned it, I hadn't even thought about the Friday night fights. Oh, oh my God. That's amazing. <laughs>
1: Well, my dad not only watched them; he participated in them. He would jump up from his chair. One time, I remember, he jumped up and kicked over our coffee table while he was trying to <laughs> trying to mimic a left hook.
0: Was he eating his TV dinner on a TV tray sitting in front of his chair? All of those the, things that came about because of television. Frozen. Oh, that's dinners. true. They were right. called TV dinners.
1: Right, right. And they had those. I, heck, I remember. They had the trays. TV trays.
2: Yeah, all because of a television in the living room. That's right. Well, one of the first memories I have of TV is watching this old bald guy drone on and on (laughs) giving a speech. It turned out it was the president of America, (laughs) Dwight D. Eisenhower. And and his news conference or speech or whatever it was is one of the first things I remember seeing on TV. And on a happier note, for me, I remember the first show I really got hooked on was the Mickey Mouse Club in the afternoons. I was the perfect age for that. Television was just part of our early developing years. Which brings me to, to the next question. What was your favorite show from the 50s? Gary, when you look back, which show really, really appealed to you back then?
0: You know, I'm actually having trouble defining a favorite out of all the shows because mm-hmm. there were so many that were memorable. <laughs> and that's really in my mind what we're talking about is those memorable experiences that come back and hit us, "Oh my god, yeah, that was so cool or that was so had such a an impact on me." I mean, one of the shows that I remember very clearly is Alfred Hitchcock Presents. And there's oh, that profile yeah. image of Alfred Hitchcock. Good evening. <laughs> <laughs> it was just great with that voice. It, what a beautiful setup. I think the setups from some of those old shows were great. Same thing with Twilight Zone and Rod Serling. Mm. Welcome to the Twilight Zone.
1: Yes, yes. And then
0: you had the setup for Zorro. That was a black and white back then. And the slash back and forth. <whish> <whish> As he slashed the Z into somebody's cape or somebody's jacket. But one of the things I think we need to think about as we go through this discussion is there were a lot of local shows. We tend to think of the national shows, but we also had local television. We had the kiddie shows in the afternoon. And when we started talking about this episode, one of the jingles from the kiddie shows that I used to watch in the 50s got into my head. And as an earworm, (laughs) it was driving me crazy. 65-year-old earworm.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you got to tell us what that was. (laughs) Zero docus, moochus,
0: crocus, hallabaloos above. That's the secret <laughs> password we use down at the
2: club. <laughs> oh, man.
0: Stan Boris in Seattle.
2: Isn't that great that you still remember that? Wow. Talk about creating an impression. I go to sleep at night <laughs> singing oh. the secret password to Stan Borison's club. I hate you, Stan. I hate you. All right, Richard, what about you? What, what, what show or shows do you remember from the 50s?
1: Well, one is the one you mentioned, Spin and Marty, which was, I think, the tail end of Mickey Mouse Club every day, about these two guys on a dude ranch in the summer. One was a rich guy, and another guy, and the other guy was a poor guy. The rich guy was dropped off at the dude ranch in a limo by his servant, and the poor guy, you know, was poor, had nothing. And it's the story of their meeting and their adventures. I don't know how often it was on, maybe twice a week or something. Then later, as I stepped toward teenagery, I really liked 77 Sunset Strip. I was in Kansas, and this show comes right in front of me about LA and Hollywood. It's so glamorous and so cool. And then there was a Western, but a weird Western I think you guys all know, Maverick. Remember Maverick? Oh,
0: yeah. The Maverick,
1: Maverick Brothers.
0: W- there were two Mavericks. There were
1: Bart and Brett. Brett, exactly. But they were card sharks. And they dressed slick and black, and it was kind of a wacky Western. It wasn't, you know, Gunsmoke or something. It was wacky and fun, and I couldn't cool. wait to see that either. 77 Sun- Sunset Strip and Maverick were the two that really came to mind after Spin and Marty earlier in my life. What about you, Randy?
2: <laughs> well, I, I have to focus a little bit here on I Love Lucy. <laughs> because oh, that's so good. My mom was a major I Love Lucy fan. As a small kid, I mean, it was part of the household. Little did I know, I found this out much later in my life, not only was that a groundbreaking show because it was the most popular show on TV in the 50s, absolutely number one most popular show, but Desi Arnaz, Hmm. who played Ricky Ricardo, (laughs) who was Lucy's actual husband, was a brilliant guy, and he invented the situation comedy three-camera format. Mm. It was his idea to record what was going on on all three cameras and then edit those together. So he invented the situation comedy as we know it. And in doing that, he also invented the rerun. The I Love Lucy show was the first show that was completely recorded in a way that when rebroadcast looked exactly like the original broadcast. Mm. So Whoa. that's one of the reasons why that show, the show's still on it's some network somewhere <laughs> or on YouTube. You could go track down every episode of I Love Lucy. Mm. So if we didn't do a shout out to I Love Lucy on this show, we would hear from our audience. So we got (laughs) that out of the way. But what a great show. Yes, it was was a great show. show. Oh, boy. Is there anything else you want to talk about what I call the black and white era of the 50s? Can we jump forward to the the 60s, which also in the beginning was was a black and white era. But You know what I mean. There was no TV show on in America in the 50s that was in color. And guess what? Camp Codger
0: is so 1950s because our website is black and white. Well, that's one oh, that's of the reasons right. we did that, isn't it, Gary? Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> harkening
2: back to those memories of our childhood. So let's switch over to the 60s now. Gary, what do you think? What shows from the 60s do you remember as groundbreaking, funny, something you still remember now? You know what I still remember is Bonanza. And it came out oh, yes. in the
0: late 50s. But right, Bonanza right. was really a, an early 60s oh, show. Fantastic. And it had such an impact, particularly for guys, young men, mm-hmm. boys. Yeah. Were the yeah. there
1: any women on that show? I don't remember them.
2: <laughs> there was one, one episode. He was a
1: widower, the son, three sons. <laughs> no, <that's laughs> exactly. A male-dominated
2: thing. All right, yeah. I got I to gotta throw this in there. Bonanza was another one of those giant shows. Yep. Can you guys hum or sing the theme song
1: <laughs> I
0: knew I knew it I knew we'd all know that I was given a guitar for Christmas mid early 60s something like that the first thing I learned to play was the theme song to ban- <laughs> <laughs> it turns out that was the only thing I learned how to play
2: that's awesome! That's <laughs> great a, well, show. Just what a, great a great show. Great show. Mm. All right, guys. What else? What else do you remember from the sixties? All right, you TV? guys. American Bandstand.
1: That's it. Yeah, that's the one that absolutely. is wedged in my memory, and it was again so cool. It was out of Philadelphia, right? Dick Clark's American yes. Bandstand. Yeah, and all those high school age kids on in the studio dancing to music and showing off their hairdos and their clothes and their cool talk. Oh man. There I was in Kansas, you know. What was I doing?
2: <laughs> what about you, Randy? What are
1: your 60s? You know,
2: I'm I'm younger than you guys, so when I really started selecting my own TV shows to watch, it was in the early to, to mid 60s. I'm kind of ashamed to admit how many of those situation comedies I know everything there is to know about. I'll just I'll just rattle off a few, right? The Beverly Hillbillies. Oh yeah. For a while in the in the early sixties, that was the number one rated show. Yep. Wow. Can you believe that? Didn't Gilligan's seem... Island. Another another yep. bizarre show, you know, that was popular. I'm was gonna... that the one that had Maynard G Krebs? No. That... Oh, that was Dobie Gillis. Dobie Gillis. Dobie Gillis show. Okay.
0: Okay. But the same actor who played Maynard on Dobie Gillis. Was
2: the lead, one of the leads on <laughs> No, the lead guy, on Gilligan. He was Gilligan. During the mid-60s, there were lunch, a bunch of country shows. It's like America was becoming Petticoat more urbanized. Junction. Petticoat Junction, Green Acres. Green Acres. Uh, the Andy the right. show, right?
1: Right. Yep. Yeah. Small town.
2: So for whatever reason, the small huh. town kind of country shows were really popular. I remember watching all of them. How about the cartoon shows Hannah that Barbera. went mainstream? Yeah. The Jetsons Flintstones.
0: Flintstones.
1: Oh, yeah. Rocky and Bullwinkle. Rocky and Bullwinkle. There's a classic. Wasn't there a show called The Millionaire where a guy oh, yeah. walks up to a door, knocks, and hands somebody a cashier's check for a million bucks?
2: Yep. And then it, the show goes from there? I yep. remember that. I just remember the guy never showed up at my door. <laughs> 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 what about
1: uh, panel shows? Like What's My Line? Remember that?
2: Yeah, the game shows were real the big. Game the game shows, shows yeah. yeah. What's My Line was a, was a great one. That's when uh, somebody was an actual person with an interesting background, and then there were two actors hired yes. to pretend to be that guy oh. or that hey. woman, right? When when you guys think about classic TV, do you think it's the nostalgia factor that makes those shows seem so great now? Or were they really that great?
1: Well, that's a really good question.
0: I think the, the differences are huge. Nostalgia colors everything. Because I'll go back to moments when we were in awe, we were surprised. We were younger. It didn't take much to, to get us excited and happy. But if you look at the production values today versus mm. the 50s and 60s, you look at the acting quality. I'm not a big TV fan. I really don't watch it. But there's a lot of really good acting and good production values in contemporary television production. It's fun to go back. If somebody presented me some of that schlock today, (laughs) you'd turn it (laughs) off immediately.
2: All right. All right. I got to do a shout out to another show from the 60s and 70s. But it started in 1967. I still think this particular show is one of the best things that's ever been on TV. And I'm talking about the Carol Burnett show, hmm. essentially taped live in front of an audience. You know, obviously they were doing some editing and whatnot. What made that show so great was it was a, a sketch comedy variety show. They'd have singers and whatnot. But what you remember is Carol Burnett and the rest of her cast doing some sort of bizarre high concept, you know, skit. And they'd. Hilarious. It was hilarious because they were all very funny comic actors. During the middle of the skit, they'd start cracking each other yeah. up, and that <laughs> turned out to be the funniest part of the show. Right? You know, right. Tim Conway cracking up Harvey Korman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, those guys <laughs> working working together on a skit—that's still some of the funniest stuff I think you can find. Right. And you can still go to YouTube and find those sketches. That's one of my fondest memories from the '60s TV. All right, Richard, give us an example from the 60s. What's your favorite TV show memory from the 60s? Uh, You know, I'm older than you guys. I was in college for
1: most of the 60s. I didn't have a TV in the 60s. From 64, 62 to 1970, I was TV less. So I have a, a gap in my TV ness. The 60s are a blank for me, TV wise.
2: Well, that reinforces something that we touched on earlier, which was when we were younger, television was way more important to us than probably at any other time in our lives.
1: I think that's right.
2: Why in the world was that?
0: Well, you think about it, it basically dictated your family life. You had to have dinner before the TV sh- shows mm. came on, right? Or you watched the news because we got a lot of our news through the three broadcast networks, right? right. So right. The, we right. forgot about news because we were talking about entertainment, but the news was hugely influential in the, in the 50s and the 60s. We believe what Walter Cronkite told us. The entertainment value was fun. But the news made a huge difference, too.
2: Well, and as you look back at TV from that era, you realize how much the old TV shows were depicting an idealized version of America. Mm. It was basically white. It was male-dominated. It was family-oriented. And most of the issues and the quote-unquote problems that happened on TV Like on the Leave It to Beaver show or Father (laughs) Knows Best. (laughs) Yes. They were not big issues, right? It's like, oh my gosh. I've spilt something on my pants, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Ozzie and Harriet. uh, Ozzie and Harriet. The show that, that was the original show about nothing, right? It's like nothing (laughs) ever happened on that show. It was just a family and they were all nice people, right? So we watched them. (laughs) Well, they were
0: people we aspired to be. We even aspired to be the Beverly Hillbillies because they were rich living in Beverly
2: Hills. (laughs) That's true. Well, TV certainly exposed us to things that we wouldn't have seen in our local communities. I was growing Mm -hmm. up in Detroit. You were in Topeka. Gary was in uh, South Seattle. A long way from Southern California, right? So, oh my. TV brought us together as a country, for better or for worse. I think that's why we have fun when we talk about it. It's part of our early childhood and early formative years, and it was part of our collective experience. So I think that wraps it up for our stroll down memory lane. We're going to disembark from the Wayback Machine and return to the 2020s. (laughs) And if you understand my reference to the Wayback Machine, leave a comment about this episode on Camp Codger. Tell us what show that was from. And I will personally send you a limited edition Camp Codger (laughs) bumper sticker. Television is now broadcast in living colors. 24 hours a day and now there are 200,000 channels Mm. and some of them are streaming whatever the heck that means (laughs) but somewhere on all of those channels and distribution services you can probably still find an old I Love Lucy episode to watch and that's a good thing as always we love hearing from you give us your thoughts about your favorite tv shows from the 50s and 60s at CampCodger.com or on our Facebook page. And tell your friends about Camp Codger. Thanks for listening.
0: Join us next week when the Old Codgers report in from Phoenix, Snowbird Central, where we partake in baseball spring training and Randy gets Gary out onto the pickleball court. Before we go, one quick correction. Randy emphatically stated there were no TV shows broadcast in color in the 1950s. After a quick check on Wikipedia, we can report that the 1954 Rose Bowl Parade was broadcast in color, as was the Perry Como Show starting in 1956. Of course, nobody was watching in color since the first color TVs cost almost $12,000 in today's money. Randy is mostly correct. Color TV really didn't take off until the early 1960s, but we know there are a couple of you out there who just might be checking up on us. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to Camp Codger in your favorite podcast app or sign up on our website. As always, we would love to hear from you. Drop us an email at campcodger at gmail.com, post a comment at www.campcodger.com, or leave a voicemail at 505-216-6171.